Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. In Ireland, we love a good story. And I'm lucky enough to be able to chat to people from all over the world to hear their story and to hear about their life in Dublin. In this podcast, we want to be able to learn from the stories of others so that people who have recently moved to Dublin can get the most out of their time here. He'd just become obsessed with it. Like it yeah. was one of those things where Every day. Yeah, he spent four hours a day. At minimum, four hours, five hours a day. Um, And I used to think, you know, it's it's just him playing video, but he actually wasn't. He was just he was watching. So when when you say yeah. you use Twitch, do you is it something yeah, you're was, watching or are you? No, no, playing? I was streaming. I was playing. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, like it's one of those things you have to put minimum four hours. It's a full work. Like yeah. I was doing it uh, last winter. Uh, just started in December, then January, just because we're closed at the zipline place for that time. So yeah. Had loads of time to spare. I was like, might as well do this and get a bit of money of something I'm going to do anyway. Like, <laughs> and what type of games are you playing? Uh, just a bit of everything. Uh, I like the indie small platform games mm-hmm. and Castlevania type stuff. And then uh, horror games are really good for audience. Like people watch, love watching people suffer <laughs> on Twitch. <It's> <laughs> like Bloodborne? Or... Uh, yeah, a little bit of Bloodborne. And the, those, the soul likes are tough. People yeah. like to watch that. And then people just like uh, horror games like Visage and stuff like that, where it's just a guy in first person going through a creepy hard corridor for like three hours and like yeah that those are the most successful ones cool. yeah. and, and well, how what's the most listener or viewers you've ever had in one stream in one go 60 something not bad not too bad at the same time yeah so not bad for like that lasted like an hour and a bit mm. i don't know the algorithm liked whatever i was doing and just yeah. pumped it to viewers on average it's 20 which is not bad average. Getting 20 people to watch you live is... Uh, for four hours. For four, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty decent. Like. Yeah. And, and are you uh, interacting with those people yeah. like while playing? Yeah. That's, so uh, how does that work? Them, like, by I'm, voice or by text? Or? A bit of both. They have the chat. Okay. And then I'm... Because with the whole setup, I play on the console and then I have the computer for the Twitch. Uh, 
I'm just, if I need to chat with them, I can. We have a bunch of commands in the chat and I have these things called cards that they pay to get them and then they can use while I'm streaming. So some of them are frightened frights. So they, maybe it's two euro and they get five cards. Mm-hmm. One of them is scare card and they use it while I'm playing to give me a jump scare, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. And then they can put in uh, for a couple of cents, they write a message <laughs> and the robot voice reads it like whatever, almost stuff yeah. like that. And, yeah, some of them are good. Some of them are just a pain in the ass. <laughs> and uh, is it like a Discord chat or is it just the, the Twitch? Yeah, on the server? Twitch, on the platform itself, uh, yeah. yeah. Enough. Uh, we have the Discord server, uh, which is just for the community and you know, mm-hmm. on there, jump on as well. But uh, when I'm live, is exclusively on Twitch, everything mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and do you more. play with uh, people from Spain or would you play with people from Ireland or I, is it an international kind of group? I do it in Spanish. Okay. Uh, I do the whole stream in Spanish. I was planning on doing Domingo Gringo <laughs> and doing Sundays in English, you know? Uh, but yeah. 99% of it in Spanish. Yeah. Oh, really? I do have a couple of uh, friends from work and friends from here jump on once in a while, but they don't stay. Like, yeah. The whole thing is in Spanish. Yeah. That's a nice little segue for us because one of the main reasons I, I was interested in, in having the conversation, which is they yeah. almost because, um, well, your background really and your 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 life experiences so far. Um, so first of all, for everybody who's listening, uh, Omo, yeah. uh, thank you so yeah. much for being on the co- podcast. I uh, <laughs> really appreciate there. you being here. <laughs> Thank um, you for having me. So, if, from what I know, I mean, I, I could have this wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um, is it is it Irish parents grew up in Spain? Is it one parent Irish, one parent Spanish? Uh, yeah. how, how does it how did uh, that work exactly? So, my mom is the Irish one. Uh, she's from Cork, uh, and then my dad is half English, half Spanish. Okay. And then we, I grew up in Spain. Yeah, born in Madrid, and then we moved to the south of Spain in Conil. Okay. Town close to Cadiz, Sevilla. Yeah. Around there. And then grew up there. When you were growing up, what language did you speak to your parents? Uh, with my mom, exclusively English. Every time I try to speak in Spanish with her, she'd correct me and say, no, English. You'll, you'll need it. You'll need it. With my dad, Spanglish, I bounce between one mm-hmm. of them. Like, hey, Olmo, what do you want for cena esta noche? And I was like, okay. <laughs> Constant. And with my brother. He's like a walking Duolingo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or a it. walking Dora the Explorer. <laughs> That's all. 100% constant tests. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have a brother as well, uh, three years younger than me, and with him, exclusive Spanish. I, it's weird to, for me to speak English with my brother. It's very strange. Yeah. Um. All right. So it was a like when you were at the dinner table when you were younger, um, all people were sitting around or whatever yeah. dinner table or a living room, whatever it might have been. Um, did you just turn to your brother and speak Spanish and then turn around to your mother and speak in English? Yeah, that was every time. If the four of us were in the house talking, that'd be the, the, the dynamic. The dynamic. The, yeah, dynamic. That's it. Um, does, like, does your mother understand Spanish? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, native speaker as well. Like she speaks it. Okay. No issue. So she spoke English to you, uh, probably to make sure that you grew up fluent in, in, in English. Yeah, basically that's it. Like she, I mean, if my parents speak it, it would be a little bit silly if I didn't, you know, like, yeah, uh, it does happen uh, a lot of time where the parents just adapt to the country they live in and just speak to the kids in Spanish. But I was already going to school in Spain. So I think English at home and there we go. Native. Yeah. I know a guy who um, his his mother is French and his father Irish, yeah. and and he kind of had a similar dynamic in his family in the sense that he spoke French to his mother and English to his father. Yeah. Um. But they did something where they moved back and forth to France between France and Ireland quite frequently, right? Well, relatively frequently, like two or three years, they might you know change. Yeah. Um. And it was interesting talking to him once. I'm sure you wouldn't mind me saying this that 
when he was in Ireland, he was always the French guy. Yeah. Uh, and when he was in France, he was always the Irish guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> were you, um, like very very handsome fella, but you're not the you're not stereotypically <laughs> Spanish looking, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, were you considered the Irish guy when you were in Spain? Yeah, definitely considered the. Even the though you were fluent native Spanish. That's it. Have the Spanish Southern accent as well. Like if I was speaking Spanish, it'd be Donegal accent in English. Okay. You know? like, yeah. That's a countryside Donegal. You know. Uh, but yeah, definitely considered the the Irish guy, the foreigner. How was that? How did that feel? It was strange because I'm from a really small town. It's max twenty thousand people. Uh, mm. Just three schools in town, and like, yeah, a little bit of a bullying part on the mm. foreign kid always happens like the different yeah. one i was probably like one of the only three people in the whole school with blue eyes as well mm. so that was wow. oh the, the kid with blue eyes yeah. you know, like, you're, like something, <laughs> you're like something from the x-men that definitely <laughs> definitely yeah. and this is back in when that town wasn't very popular with travelers from outside of spain it's very popular in spain just because it's a nice beach coastal town but uh it's really hard to get to if you fly to Spain. You'd have to drive at least two hours from any airport to get to that city. Okay. So it's where whereabouts is it exactly? It's called Conil de la Frontera. It's in the province of Cadiz. So okay. it's forty-five minute drive from Cadiz itself. Okay. And then to get to Cadiz, you either fly to Malaga, or to Jerez, or to Seville. And then either of those are hour and a half, two hours. Is it, it's on the border then between Portugal and, and Spain? Uh, not that far. It's just in the on the little peak of Spain south. It's close okay. to Gibraltar. Ah, oh, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Between, yeah, between the Atlantic and the Mediterranean. Like yeah. uh, an hour drive, you're in the halfway point. You can yeah. swim on the Atlantic side or the Mediterranean side with a five-minute walk. Yeah. It's pretty fun. <laughs> I think to get a, a good understanding of your story, I, I'd like to get a little bit of a better understanding of, of just your parents for, for yeah. a moment because you said your mother's from Cork your dad's um half English half Spanish yeah um how did they end up living in Spain or deciding to to raise you guys in Spain yeah uh, they did meet in Spain already uh, so by the time my parents met they were both living in Spain just in different places and I was born in Madrid so they moved to Madrid because my mom was working there I think uh, decided to have life there and a couple of years after I was born, they just decided to move to the south of Spain just to have an easier, more relaxed life on the beach. So I wasn't raised in the big city or mad place or anything like that. Okay. We used to go there on vacation a lot and they just saw me very happy there. So they decided to stay for me, basically. Wow. <laughs> Selfish baby. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a, a kind of nice lifestyle. I imagine yeah. um, south of Spain, a lot of sun. A lot, of, a lot of time on the beach. Yeah. Do you surf? I do surf. Yeah. Okay. So do surf. Yeah. That was probably a, a nice way to grow up. Hundred percent. Yeah. I yeah. definitely appreciated the my parents' move. Yeah. Uh, it's a very chill place. Very nice sun. Three hundred days a year. You can basically swim in October and March. You're swimming on the beach, mm. and yeah, just very nice place. Uh, could be, get a little bit boring when you're a teenager. Not much to do, but. It's a very good place to grow up and retire. <laughs> yeah. Did you um, so you spend summer holidays or whatever traveling to the UK or to Ireland to go see the various sides of your family? Uh, to Ireland mostly. Okay. A lot of my pair, my dad's family uh, was living abroad in Ireland, so in the states and stuff like that. So okay. not too many chances to visit them, but my mother, yeah, definitely came to Ireland a, a good few times as a kid. Yeah, some um, of them I don't even remember, but there's pictures. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, uh, I, for, like I remember 
my childhood's going down every um every summer to Mayo, right? Yeah. That's so we travel from Dublin to Mayo, which is obviously on, on the level that you had is nothing. But yeah. for me, it was a shock and a half. Like yeah. it was going from the cities and to like, where's all the noise? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why do those cows keep staring at me all the time? It's a weird uh, looking chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. Um, how how did it feel traveling as a kid to to Cork? I imagine you went to Cork. Yeah. Um, from the south, like they couldn't be in more different places. Yeah, a very a, a little bit of a culture shock for sure. Um, but I was there with family, so it wasn't too strange. Uh, when you travel alone, it is a little bit more. Oh, everything is a bit more impressive, and you have to be more careful. But as a kid with my parents and cousins and my brother, and we were all meeting at the same time, so it was for Christmas and stuff like that. A lot of time was spent in the house just because of the weather. Uh, but it was a bit of a, a shock traveling so much yeah. uh, as I a imagine. kid to such a different place. Like, yeah, it, it's funny, kind of like you were in Spain. You were probably the like the Irish kid. Yeah, and then when you went back yeah. to Ireland, <laughs> you were like, oh, well, this is the Spanish cousin, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, how did the how did your Irish cousins treat you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, that was fine. That was easy peasy, easier than the kids mm. in school. <laughs> they probably got a yeah. kick out of it, like bringing you over, and they're like, yeah, this is my Spanish cousin. That's the one. They yeah, take yeah. me about, showing me off to their friends. Like, <laughs> here it was their show off. Oh, look at this guy. He's from Spain. He's my cousin. Yeah, that's it. I remember I, my cousins came over from England uh, once and I was kind of in the age of about 14, 15, kind of going to discos and stuff. Did you so, have to get permission for them to come over here? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's when we, everything was cool, you know, they could come over, no problem. And uh, I remember we were, I was going to discos, so I brought one of my cousins to one of the discos, you know, yeah. and uh, with his accent, geez, he was shifting all around him. Yeah. Like, it was unreal. He probably, uh, he probably shifted more women that night than he probably ever did after that yeah, like it was yeah. chronic how yeah. bad the girls wanted the english accent like wow funny how was your how was your spanish did you go to any discos uh, a little bit not too much i traveled more here with my family as the younger kid mm -hmm. uh just went to discos and stuff like that once or twice in cork really mm -hmm. and traveled there when i was older by myself but uh yeah like i do have a little bit of an irish accent so mm -hmm. same thing yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, if I was fluent in Spanish, I'd be uh, throwing yeah. out any, yeah, any chance I could. Hola, yeah. señorita, ¿cómo estás? <laughs> no hablo inglés. I'm wearing my Colombian football jersey at the there moment, so I'm pretending anyways. Yeah. You know. I have a, a good tactic that always works. It's uh, you find a group of Spanish people in any place you go in Ireland and you try to talk to them like you're learning Spanish. It's like, hola, amigo, yo quiero hablar español. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you're so good. Where did you learn? Uh, so I speak Spanish. <laughs> Then at the end of the night, you're like, when I know you're like, oh my God, you learn so fast. Your free drinks always works. Yeah. I've only been to Spain, like mainland Spain once, and that was recently. And uh, I was going, I was probably about three, three o'clock, I was going to this, uh, going to the nightclub in uh, uh, Valencia. Okay. And uh, I was kind of looking for, looking for like cigarettes and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. uh, I went up to this group of, Obviously, Spanish-looking people, and I'm like, uh, "Tu parles français?" Yeah, and they're like, "Français? No, no, we don't speak. You don't speak." Uh, and I'm like, "English? Do you speak English?" And they're like, "Of course, we speak English." And then they started like saying, uh, "Croissant," uh, you know, <laughs> just throwing French things at me. I'm like, "Why? Yeah, yeah I'm like I'm Irish." And they're like, "Why are you speaking in French?" And it was like, you know, just, that was a random. Move, it was to confuse yeah. them a little bit, you know. So what they do, kind of show off my great English. Yeah. <laughs> As an English yeah. teacher, you know, I should, there you go. You know, yeah. 
how, how did you um, end up then living in Dublin? And when did you start living in Dublin? Uh, this is the second time I've lived in Ireland now. I did move here a few years back and I stayed for a year and a half uh, and then moved back to Malta. I was living in Malta before both times I moved to Ireland. Okay. So I, I guess I just missed the bad weather. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I came here on a little trip with a, with a partner and uh, we got stuck because of COVID. Okay. So it was like, oh, vacation trip, we'll see Ireland. If we like it, we can stay, whatever. And mm. then COVID hit as soon as we got here. So like oh. everything was locked down, all flights were canceled. So, okay. So I guess we're staying. Mm. We decided to stay and it's been two years and a bit now. And you're still, yeah. you're still with her? We're, yeah, we're still together. Yeah, yeah. perfect. That's it. And um, you, why were you living in Malta? What had you in Malta before you came over the first time? And then what brought you back, I guess? Uh, just traveling and visiting other countries. I've always got bored very fast of places I visit, mm -hmm. visit and I don't know I enjoy traveling I like the challenge of starting over again I've been in Holland and Poland and Malta twice and yeah just travel around live in a place for a couple of years enjoy it full time and then go somewhere else instead of just visiting maybe a weekend with a Ryanair flight you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah but um why why do you think it is that you get bored quickly of of places uh don't know it's calmed down a little bit now uh yeah could be just the girlfriend is keeping me steady <laughs> but uh, at the same time now I have a job that I enjoy a lot and yeah uh, I see more time here like a, a longer future yeah in Ireland yeah. Mm. it's it's interesting the reason I asked that question is because um yeah sometimes I can not necessarily of places but like more of let's say uh particularly with like work projects we'll, we'll say I tend to get bored very yeah. quickly um and I'll have uh, a real passion for something at the maybe at the beginning of the part. This probably is going to happen with the the podcast, Ross. Please <laughs> <laughs> don't burn out. Please. <laughs> I'm, I'm only joking. I absolutely love doing this. Um, but I, I find then, yeah, trying to manage that boredom is something I've had to kind of look internally at myself and go, okay, yeah. you need to like understand that it might not be the thing that's boring you. It's something inside the you know, and that's kind of why I. I don't actually know the answer to it either yet, yeah. but um, it's something that I think, personally anyway, I need to kind of figure out. Yeah, I think it's a bit of the same on yeah. my side. It's one of those things that I don't know why it happens, but it could be not the thing, but me. Uh, yeah. So, no, yeah. Never blame yourself. Never blame, no, God, never blame yourself. It's always someone else's fault. Yeah. Pack right? up your bag. Move to another country. That'll fix all your problems. Yeah. First rule of life is just don't take responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's a nice expre uh, expression that I heard, and I think I mentioned it on the podcast a few weeks ago, whereas um, it doesn't matter where you go, you always take your mind with you. Yeah. Um, and I think that is, that's something that we've tried to kind of get into in the, in the podcast a little bit, because sometimes, um, and I've done this myself, when you go and you move to another place, sometimes it's to, you want to like escape something or you're like, oh, if I go there, it's going to be so much nicer yeah. and I'll be so much happier or whatever. And then, um that might be the case and for me actually was but and i've seen other people moving to dublin kind of trying to let's say find themselves or find something in themselves yeah. and they don't really get it and i think then they come to the realization that this is something i have to figure out myself it's got nothing to do with uh germany or switzerland or colombia it's got something to do with What's me and idea? i have to figure myself out yeah um I think that's like a factor in these things too. Um, 
So uh, apart from your your successful relationship and that's going really well, yeah. <laughs> is there anything else about like Dublin that you think has has got you at least here for the for the short term future? Uh, every time I've left Dublin, I always kind of miss it. It doesn't happen that much with other places. You miss certain things about places. Like oh, when I was living in Malta and I left, I definitely miss the beach and swimming every day. Uh, but here it's just everything together, the whole city and the people here and just the relationships you form in Dublin, at least for me, are a bit more significant than anywhere else. And I do always miss everything Dublin when I'm not here. Oh, like cool. just, I don't know if it's the nightlife or just my friends from here or possibly, yeah, it's not the weather. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. But, uh, it is a place that I often miss a lot more than other cities so the first time you were here you said you were here for a year and a half yeah what had what were you like what had you here for a year and a half uh I, honestly not too sure i was working i was working in the city center just retail in a clothes yeah. store uh and it could be just that the same thing i made a lot of friends very quick and we got very good relationships and what i mentioned earlier i do the parkour and the free running and the community here is really nice and i do enjoy training with them a lot that definitely is a big part of why i like it so much mm. just mm. The friends here mm. yeah how important is like yeah that community um and how difficult was it to to make and create that community for yourself uh, it, it very important to me like i do try to train with my friends at least once a week even in uh rain days we go out and just slide around them <laughs> it's mm -hmm. kind of fun uh but definitely a big part of me is my friends that i train with here a uh, few of them i work with as well so we're very close and then just to find the community was very hard because it's very dispersed uh, and the parkour normal mentality is all oh, travel as much as I can when I can and just jump wherever. Okay. And so a lot of the lads do come and go a lot from Ireland. Um, think same with me. I do like to visit other cities and just jump for a weekend and then come back. But um, yeah, it was hard to find the, the community just because it's very dispersed and the but once you find it, they're family. <laughs> uh, what do you use? To, how how did you find it? Uh, in the beginning, it was just through Facebook, random yeah. posts on oh, Dublin Parkour, random posts. Hey, anyone training? I'm new in Ireland. Uh, mm. But now we do have a very big WhatsApp group with everyone, that, even new beginners that want to try to get into it or old people that just want to watch or oh, that sounds horrible, yeah. <laughs> just want to watch us train. Uh, but yeah, we have a very old people group. that want to watch. Yeah, yeah, maybe 40, 40 year old, 50 year olds uh, that say, oh, I've seen this on TV. And are you guys training anytime soon? Uh, a lot of photographers come yeah. to us and say, oh, yeah. this is class. Would you mind if we come around and take pictures and stuff like that? And we just put everyone that's mildly interested in parkour in that big WhatsApp group. Brilliant. And we always post when and where we're going to train. So everyone is welcome to come. <laughs> What's involved in training for parkour? Uh, basically, what we do, a little warm up always comes in handy. We don't always do it. But <laughs> it is good. Um, but we go to there's certain spots in the city uh, that are very nice for jumps. Uh, specific walls it's it's mm. a little bit hard to describe to people that, spot, like, yeah that's it it's yeah. like uh, when, when you see the wall it's like ah oh, this wall this is a great wall <laughs> and there uh, like but does that mean it would have like an angle on it or something it, like that? it could be just a block of bricks and we could be there for three hours uh, if 
it's just a good wall. We we like it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. precision's in. You got to get your tic tacs. Yeah, that's the one. If you, you can got... be creative around that spot, yeah. it, it does I'm work. Just out. throwing out jagging words. I, I have no group, yeah. idea what's going on. Really, <laughs> it sounded very professional. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's how we do it. I'm never gonna look at a wall the same way. <laughs> oh, we, we got we have this thing. It's called parkour vision. Uh, it's just a thing in the parkour community that we know a city just from a snapshot of a wall of mm. someone jumping. Oh, wow. It could be an alleyway in the back arse of Berlin. And we know, oh, that's Berlin because we've seen it in so many videos. Oh, I want to train in this wall in, in Prague because it looks classy. And mm -hmm. I was like, we go, our tourism is a little bit different. We don't go for the big uh, touristy things like monuments and stuff like that. So like, ah, oh, there's this wall. You have to walk three hours to get there, but it's class. Where would it be a, a, big, a big spot for um, people to practice in Dublin like uh, one that a lot of people have definitely seen and been in is in Stevens Green uh, the big rock garden in the middle of it yeah there's like a little out, outdoor patio thing it's I think it's called the Yeats Memorial or something yeah like for that. Yeats yeah actually yeah, yeah. the weird with that weird statue weird thing. Yeah. thing yeah that is a really good spot just because it's so up and down and there's mm. elevation and weird angles and uh, you can get very creative there we do get kicked out a lot from that one uh, <laughs> just because it's a public place and there's a lot of people I guess mm. security doesn't want us hurting ourselves in front of people <laughs> um, but there is a couple of other spots surrounding Dublin keep them quiet though keep yeah, quiet. They can't yeah. Let everyone know I, I, I prefer <laughs> if they kick the bloody seagulls out of the park 100% seagulls are a menace like, I, 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 wonder if I don't eat anything on the street anymore definitely not honest you don't leave anything or eat anything eat, eat anything right and I'm not like I'm not one of these people who has a fear of birds but I don't want one of those like it's Massive. like something out of the Lord of the Rings coming they, down. They are I've seen seagulls rip out hamburgers from McDonald's. As soon as someone walks out the door with them, they fly yeah. and catch it. It's like they're I trying saw to do it. A, a very funny, well, kind of sad, funny scene one day walking. It was actually uh, whatever stage of the lockdown it was, things were open, but they weren't open. It was mm. kind of quiet around. Um, and there was a father and a son who just walked out of McDonald's. Um, and you know the kid was like seven eight years old he wasn't yeah. he wasn't you know <laughs> kid right so yeah bird obviously you know cue uh, enter stage left seagull um comes down swoops the ham the burger out of the kids yeah. um hands and then you know his face was like at, at first in shock you know like oh my god what's just happened then it, like the like the scene or the realization that he's just lost his burger <laughs> and then the dad as opposed to consoling him just continues to eat his own burger <laughs> like what a terrible dad he doesn't even go back it? to mcdonald's like okay come on we'll get you another one euro burger it's fine yeah. and they're on budget like i mean lockdown they aren't getting any money coming in you know i mean that's a life lesson the man can't risk losing his burger as well the seagulls <laughs> do be hungry out there <laughs> yeah i don't know what they're eating but they are getting bigger they are oh. getting bigger definitely um, yeah, so I want to pick up a dog the other day. <laughs> One of these tiny chihuahuas. <laughs> Bullshit. No, it was getting really close. Wow. I didn't pick it up. I didn't pick it up. It was getting very close. You know, these tiny chihuahuas, the girls carrying their bags. And the seagulls were getting really close to him. She, she had to leave the park, the actually. That is the next that is the step. Next step. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, they're bold. At what point do we start to, like, you know, I, I don't know what the probably going to get all kind of animal rights people call, like, <laughs> contacting us now but like exterminating these bloody seagulls because like we call like there's deer culling there's fox culling you know like this is done out in the country where the population gets too much there has to be to. some sort of 
you know, either introduce a predator it. or just go out hunting season. Exactly. Like, I mean, what predator could you introduce? Like, not sure what ones. <laughs> <laughs> poor pigeon. The poor pigeons. The pigeons are getting yeah kicked out. Yeah, well, they're, they're getting a better rep though. People like you like pigeons these yeah. days. They're like they're not flying rats. Yeah. So we don't have we don't use the seagull manif- uh, infestation really. Like. Yeah. It's it's you know those those questions of like what would you rather fight like a hundred seagulls a hundred or horse sized seag- pigeon exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we're actually coming to a real life version of that, which is uh, a lot of people chose the hundred seagulls. Kind of scary. <laughs> Something's got to give society or the seagulls. Like, yeah. like apart from um, a little bit of parkour, anyway, around the city. What else do you like to do in your in your free time? Um, I do photography as well. I really like to go out uh, a little bit of street photography. Really enjoy that. Now it's getting darker. I enjoy night photography a lot in the rainy weather. You get really good shiny stuff I like mm. shiny stuff mm. yeah um and yeah just all pints yeah <laughs> yeah of course settling yeah. into the culture well that's, so that's yeah. the one <laughs> but you seem yeah. to be very like proactive in terms of your well i know like for example your job is you're 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 working with zip lines so yeah. that's like a very cool job yeah but you seem very proactive in what you do outside of work yeah um has that always been the case or is it since you've come to Dublin you've made a big effort to kind of build hobbies I guess and interests and develop them I definitely developed the love of photography in Dublin a lot more than in other places um, and same thing I mentioned with the streaming the on Twitch video game streaming uh, definitely done that here more than other places but I think it's because in Ireland you have to force yourself a little bit to go out and do more uh, just yeah, it gets dark really fast. Uh, not yeah. every day is nice. Uh, when I was living in Malta, for example, it's like I could finish work and go to the beach and swim. I literally swim on my break every day, and yeah. that felt fulfilling enough as a hobby. Just go for a swim, you know. Uh, but here, I think the swimming thing is a bit more off the <laughs> off the books. A lot of people still do it. Like it's, it's which is grannies mainly. Yeah, <laughs> eighty-year-old women going out dipping like. And it's a big. Um, yeah. There's a big culture now, a big, uh, like, what's the trend uh, <laughs> of people going for sea swims. Yeah. Like, definitely around sea the Dolly Mount, Sea mm-hmm. Point area. We're a bit uh, mad at the at the swimmers because Sea Point was a really good jump for par- a really good spot for parkour, and they've taken over. Oh, really? Even their wet swimsuits, everything. Yeah. <laughs> I've owned it. But uh, it has boomed after lockdown. There's so many more people that go swimming now. I, I think it's, it's, and it's not something I, I do. I actually... Uh, I'm not a good swimmer. Like I can okay. swim, but I don't feel comfortable uh, in the water. And yeah. some people who know me will attest to that. Okay. Um, but there's something about it, there is something about going for a swim or or cold water in general. Like, um, I'm one of these crazy people that when I try to do as many cold showers as possible instead of a hot shower. Yeah. Um, and it's it's funny because every day that you do it, you never want to do it. Like, yeah. not not once do you ever go, oh yes, cold shower now. Because I actually love having like a hot shower and you just kind of just don't relax. Melt. Yeah. 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 Um, But every day after doing the cold shower, you feel amazing. Like it gives you a big kick in energy and um, you get a dopamine boost off it, basically. Um, And I think like I can understand why people go for a swim because it's it's probably the same effect. Yeah. Especially in the cold water. Yeah, definitely. It's an extreme sport in Ireland. It's, it's <laughs> for God, like, yeah, go for a swim. Like, I, I'm a good swimmer, but I'm also terrified of what's like underneath. underneath. Yeah, for sure. Like, I grew up in Sligo, so okay. I and my uh, I come from uh, my my mom comes from uh, Strand Hill, so you, she was always like relaying, and I'm definitely the more the one who pick up on the scary stories a little bit more. She's like, 
don't go swimming out there, you drown, you drown. <laughs> like, I'm like, God, Jesus, I better not go swimming. Like, you know, yeah. I'm gonna fucking drown, that even though I've is. invested in a, sweat, uh, a wetsuit. I probably use it about three or four times, like, you know, one of those typical investments. It's not the thesalophobia or something like that. It's scared of the ocean. Or... No, I, I, may, I maybe, maybe it's just like, Undiagnosed. Oh, I'm all right. I'll go in for a little dip. I'll sit <laughs> in, in and then I'll, I'll write out. You know what? Like, I am, um, I laugh at this, right? Um, and I was trying to figure out, like, why Why do I have that? Like, it's particularly, it's not the sea, but it's deep water. I don't like, it, mm. maybe it's a bit like that. I don't like. What's going on underneath yeah, there? Not seeing <laughs> yeah. what's underneath you. Yeah. Yeah. Probably nothing. But I remember very, very vividly um, a when I was a kid, you know, you have those like bedtime storybooks, mm. right? I don't know if you remember Noddy. Do you remember Noddy? The, the biggest horror. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, that? I know Noddy. I don't yeah, know yeah, Noddy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Noddy was this character. I can't even remember if Noddy was a boy or a girl. Like, probably doesn't matter. Like an idiot. Um, <laughs> anyway. One of the books or stories was called something like Noddy Goes to the Beach or Noddy Goes to the Seaside, right? And goes for a swim and gets bitten by a crab. Yeah. And you know the way there's pictures in the book, obviously, as well. And I just remember Noddy's toe was like (laughs) huge, huge and red. And the character was crying. And I was like, well, I don't ever want to get bitten by a crab. I was like, I'm not ever going swimming in the sea. Um, I actually genuinely think that. There's like, some trauma here. Yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. how, 50 how, euro counseling session, please. How sensitive can a kid be if he's got trauma from a naughty But not he taken off the air because he slept in the bed with another man. <laughs> I have a loose I have a thought of that. Something went something's going on there. I have no uh, 4G, you but I mean the character is it. The TV show was taken off the air because Noddy was slept in the bed with another man on a regular occasion. That's what I think. Now correct me if I'm wrong. Well Pudge and Roger were doing it for years. Yeah, yeah, but they were a little bit risque. Like, yeah. like if any if Game of Thrones and all those series There you go. Incest seems to be okay on TV, yeah. you know, it doesn't really matter. But uh, well, I have a feeling. I have a feeling about that. But maybe that could be one of those childhood lies that I was told. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have the budget for someone to uh, um, check. <laughs> Research, please. Research. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like it, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? That it just doesn't really make sense, even even if it did happen or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Back to swimming in Dublin Sea. Back to yeah. being scared of the crabs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm scared of crabs too. I don't yeah. want to ever get crabs. Man. Um, we we normally go like, and we ask uh, what one of your favorite spots in Dublin. I I don't know if that is would be related to one of your, your hobbies or interests. Um, you, you mentioned pints uh, as I one. I did mention uh, pints, yeah. Uh, one interest. Is there any particular place you like to go and have a drink in, uh, in Dublin? I do like Frank Ryan's a lot. It's a little yeah. pub in Smithfield. Mm-hmm. Class nice. pizza as well. Coquelin. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Very good pizza and a pint, 17 euro. Not too bad. Can't yeah. Uh, Bonobo's close by Smithfield yeah. as well. Uh, that one, same thing. Really good pizza. Very good pints. Good crack. There's a new market that's opened up just around there somewhere uh, that I was watching yesterday on social media and I can't remember the name of it. Um, it's like an outdoor thing and it's got pizzas or sauna inside it as well. Okay. Um. Uh, I'm going to put a link to it in the in this into the description of this podcast, but it seems really cool. I can't remember; it's kind of a bit of an unusual name. Um, I think it's Smithfield. Um, but yeah, this uh, it's it's some place that maybe you should check. If you are, do you live around that area? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I live yeah. in Smithfield, just above the square. So. Yeah, it's a cool place to live. 
Very handy. Even I actually quite like that Barber's Pub or Barber's Bar. Uh, do you know that one? Not um, too sure. So there's one. I don't know if you know. There's a there's another market in Dublin Seven. There's like a primary school there and an educate together school, um, and it's like if oh, I don't know the area that well, but if you're up around that area, there's a bar called Barber's Bar, and in this there's a car park of the school next to it and there's like what they call the zeitgeist market okay happens i think every the third sunday of every month okay um that's another cool thing to do around that area it's it's i like that specific part of dublin because there's always so much happening and there seems there is yeah a lot of stuff happens there very nice pubs very very cultural as well like there's at least music playing every other day Uh, and it's not as crowded as temple bar or as touristy as well Mm. it's a bit more even you're, you're so close to Stony Batter as well. And yeah. There's a lovely place I went up to yesterday in opposite Tesco and Stony Batter called Outcasts. Okay. Um, a little coffee place. But they do bagels. And I got a chorizo, a black pudding, potato bagel mm. that mm. was like just drenched in a, a spicy mayo. Mm, ba- nice. And then toasted. And I, I'm I'm not a big bagel fan, but that was spicy good. and really Sounds really good. good. Coffee was tasty. The as well. coffee places have been on the ball lately as mm. well. Like there's another place right between Stony Batter and Smithfield. It's called Lilliput Cafe. Yeah, uh, it's very whole food type place, uh, but their coffee is amazing, and they do the one of the best sandwiches I've had there, and their desserts like the cinnamon danishes and stuff like mm. that, and they're always so good, so mm. good. Yeah. Can we do uh, um, a few questions that are going to get you in lots of trouble, right? Ooh, okay. um, because <laughs> you, you're you're a man who's grown up in Spain yeah. uh, and you're now living in Ireland and you've obviously got connections to both places, right? Yes. So we're going to do a little uh, Spain versus Ireland, uh, who, which is better um, contest, is right? Is this door locked? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it is actually. Um, what about coffee? Coffee. Um, coffee is a weird one. Uh, I think coffee is a lot better here. Um, just because there is so many more coffee places and they're all competitive to get the better coffee, the best cup of coffee and stuff. Yeah. And you can order whatever you want and they'll mm. get it. Coffee in Spain is just coffee with milk. Not even lattes. Café con leche, coffee with milk, that's all you get. Of course, there is coffee places in big cities and stuff like that. And it is a bit more popular now, but forever I just remember ordering coffee with milk everywhere and it's always the same. Exactly, but that's the it. There's a very uh, unique taste to it, right? Yeah. Because uh, like I've, before I moved to Spain, I, I didn't drink coffee. I actually started drinking coffee in, in Spain. I uh, can't remember, really remember why, but whatever. Because there wasn't really any tea, and I used to drink tea yeah. all the time. I was like, well, okay, I'll just have coffee instead. Um, so I started drinking coffee in Spain, and I, did go, I got used to that uh, taste yeah. of, uh, let's just say, Spanish coffee. Um, then coming back here, I was like, oh, this is different. So I can understand why people from Spain come to Ireland and go, this coffee is terrible. Yeah. Um, and it's actually not. It's just not coffee that you've ever tasted before. That's and it. I think the more you get into coffee, I think the more you realize no, why I say it's Spain versus Ireland. I'm obviously joking. I don't like yeah. doing that. <laughs> um, but there is more of a variety, I think. Definitely more uh, of a variety. Oh, like but... More diverse. You can order any type of coffee and you have a Colombia, Ethiopian, Brazilian coffee, whatever. In Spain, you get what you get. And it's always the same black coffee with a shot of milk in it. And... Yeah. And no one complains because it's a euro and a half. Like, yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. But it is a very strong, unique taste. And a lot of people do miss it. And they don't order coffee here because sometimes it can be a bit bland. Like if you get a Costa coffee, it's just basic. But yeah, I understand the 
divide in that one. Yeah. What do you think about food? Because I mean, I I love this food in Spain. Yeah. yeah like, I don't think there's any contest there. Not too really. much contest. Um, <laughs> but what was your household like growing up? Because your parents weren't Spanish. So what type uh, of food were you eating? Still a bit of everything. Uh, I my mom is a really good cook, so we did get a lot of stews and soups and the classic Irish uh, roasts and mash and everything. And as whenever we could get the Irish sausages, we could <laughs> we would mm-hmm. Irish sausages definitely up there in the top 10 mm-hmm. um, but food in general in Spain I think is nicer than here mm. just because it's just much so bigger good. culture of, of food there yeah. um, much more pride I think yeah definitely. Uh, in the general population in like people put a lot of time and effort and and, and pride there's pride yeah. in, in what Tradition they prepare for food and what like yeah much more so than here like uh, i can't speak for everyone obviously that and i think it's changing i think let's say in, in our generation and maybe younger compared to my parents generation people are much more into food than they used to be and i think yeah for for example in, in our household it was it was almost you know let's just have dinner get it out of the way so that we can do more stuff in the evening like okay. you can go play football or whatever whereas when I notice in, in Spain is obviously like that's yeah. sacrilege. You can't do like dinner is the evening. That's it. And dinner everything is else is around the dinner. It's yeah. whereas here it was um just kind of get it finished. Get it and, done. Yeah. yeah, you know, meat, vegetables, potatoes. Yeah. The basics. Yeah, in you. You're nourished, you'll survive another that's day. It. No, yeah. yeah. It is true in Spain, meal like the thing you do in the evening is dinner. And you put time into cooking it, and maybe three days you marinate the meat, and you have it all ready, and all the fish and everything, and you do spend hours around the dinner table. While here, it's like is that on a Sunday or just a general weekday? Or I just like in general every day, like yeah, you do spend a few hours around the dinner table. Uh, Lunch is a little bit more of a fast one in Spain, I think. It's the the one you get out of the way to do more stuff, but yeah, dinner is good two hours, definitely. Do you like cooking? I do like cooking. Yeah, I was raised right <laughs> my mom told me if i want to eat nice food i have to prepare it <laughs> what's your specialty yeah. uh i do a really good chili con carne mm. uh, really nice. really good it's your sour cream and your cheese on the side very very nice yeah. um but is I it do... slow cooked yeah yeah that's take... the secret right that's it just mm. take your time <laughs> yeah um yeah i do enjoy cooking um just at home uh, it was always i was in the kitchen with my parents and they showed me how to use stuff and do it i found very interesting and i do enjoy feeding people i do enjoy the enjoyment of people eating good food you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah brings people together that's it yeah, yeah. Uh, i i think it's we spoke about this with david actually because he was saying that how he enjoys cooking as well david yeah. was uh, our last podcast um and yeah it's something i think because i don't enjoy cooking for myself like i wouldn't put a lot of effort into it you yeah. know i wouldn't be like putting fancy things on the top for yeah. if i was just to sit down by myself and eat it but when you're preparing food for other people it's like you put a bit more effort in no yeah. like you could be just being scared of the judgment or wanting them to feel good like one or the other yeah or like yeah. even like one of my housemates wasn't feeling very well yesterday so i was like all right i'll put a few extra vegetables in here get a bit of vitamins into them you know? yeah you're just like very nice it's a way of, of like looking after people i think which is uh I think it's a cool thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, what about the um, the photography scene here? Um, obviously, you you know the pint scene we all know about. Yeah. <laughs> um, the parkour scene you've told us about Ph- photography. 
It's something you said you're getting into. Uh, well, I've been doing it for, I've always enjoyed photography and videography and just making my own content and stuff like that since a kid. If there was one of these cameras available, the disposable ones, I'd always want to use it. And if someone had a camera, I was like, give me, I want to try. Uh, but recently I got my own good camera. Like I put a bit of, saved up money into that, got a couple of lenses and got more into it. And I've been enjoying it a lot. And it is true that Dublin is a very photogenic city. Uh, daytime is very nice. Golden hour lasts forever. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of people are into film cameras uh, lately. A lot of that going on. I see it everywhere on Instagram and people posting about film and the vintage look and all that. Um, mm. But I do enjoy it a lot lately and I've gotten a couple of good gigs. Brilliant. It's not too bad. I, yeah, it's good. You follow your passions. I do. Yeah. yeah. I try to. <laughs> uh, because I, I'm thinking now that um, you obviously don't work in an office, right? But because you've got two languages, you're in Dublin right now, you could have uh, a job in, in Meta, in LinkedIn, in whatever, one of these companies, just because of your language skills in a second. I, I used to work for uh, Covalent, one of the offices, yeah. um, contractor for a third party. Uh, I just didn't enjoy it. It was right on the lockdown as well. I was mm. at home for the 24 hours a day. I woke up from bed, desk right next to it, sat down there, logged in just spent six to eight hours on the computer and then there was nothing to do after. Uh, just didn't enjoy it too much. In Malta, I was working for an office as well and it was a bit nicer just because I think I could leave and go for a swim. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this outdoor job is really good. Right? Yeah. At least for my sanity, it's very, very nice. Yeah. And you see yourself like pursuing that type of thing in, in the future? I mean, I guess um, you don't know, but... Yeah, uh, hopefully I can work in the outdoor industry for a long time. It's just a little bit hard because the pay obviously isn't as good as working for an office and stuff like that. You have to find a good balance between pay and lifestyle. Um, but if I can, I definitely will pursue more outdoor jobs. Does that ever cause you stress or do you, are you like very, you know, channeled in and focused on, on what it is that makes you happy and, and the financial thing doesn't really matter? It, it does matter a little bit. Um, uh, I do like nice things. Obviously, I like I'd like to buy a new drone and a new camera as soon as it comes out. And the new GoPro just came out, and I'm I'm so tempted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but I do enjoy tech a lot, so uh, I try to save up and buy myself some fancy things whenever I can. But uh, it would be obviously a lot easier if I was working for Facebook and I just mint in the bank. Yeah. And, yeah. But still, I think I wouldn't be able to enjoy it as much if I wasn't outdoors all day. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, and yeah and you wouldn't be happy and actually myself and ross had a conversation like this the other day not on the podcast but we were talking about how we we had jobs in the past that just made us kind of really unhappy yeah. like and i think it's a it's a good experience in a sense that like i remember on a sunday um like the feeling of just dread and yeah like I really, really, really don't want to go to work tomorrow. Yeah, pulling the sickie and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're going through every kind of excuse in your head, and yeah. you go in there, and and then what was happening at the time? I was young at this time. I was like twenty one, twenty two. On a, on a Thursday, Friday, then you you just you'd go and get shit face drunk because yeah. that was kind of a way of escaping it, and but like it was such a stressful environment that it. And I was, you know, in those jobs where they're like wine o'clock. And uh, yeah. we're like looking after you and there's loads of like, oh, there's beers in the fridge and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, yeah, just give me one of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely. It's it's one of those uh, type of office jobs that like 
just have your brain dead for the whole day and try to keep you at work with all oh we have a gym downstairs and we do loads of activities outdoors just because it does affect a lot of people in a bad way and they do need distractions at the workplace um but yeah definitely i like having a job i enjoy so i can do more things i enjoy after and not just go home and be depressed yeah how difficult was it for you to make the decision to change from your office job to what you're doing now uh, it wasn't too hard because i had a friend one another one of the parkour guys working already in the zipline adventure park so he told me if i wanted to go up and give it a go one day um, uh, i did and i loved it and i asked if they were hiring and he said yes and just got the job it was supposed to be only a summer job uh, because it is a busy season mm -hmm. and a lot of people but i'm still there a year and a half after i'm assistant manager at it now and oh, brilliant. Uh, it's just love it it's it's class yeah. what's it called so for anybody listening who might want to it's give zip, it, to go. zip it for is zip it forest adventures in uh, dublin there is another two there's one in cork and there's one uh can't forget this <laughs> i work for the place assistant <laughs> manager yeah, yeah assistant uh, manager yeah. forgetting yeah but the, we have three zipline parks. Carrick and shannon uh yeah yeah i knew i knew there was one in carrick yeah yeah lucky for lucky Park. lucky yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. lucky in dublin there we go um but yeah if anyone wants to go it's a really good day out I try to book it when it's not raining which is hard mm -hmm. <laughs> it's more fun for us it slips people fall more we go up to the courses more <laughs> How, like, if you go up there, how long does it take to go through all of the different uh, zips, zip lines? The, yeah, the courses we have, it's it's not only zip lines. A lot of people do get confused and think, oh, it's called zip, it's only zip lines. Uh, but it's basically obstacle courses in the trees with zip lines included. It's like a ninja warrior with zip mm -hmm. lines. Wow. Um, we give you three hours with the training included. So we show you how to use all the gear and what to do and what not to do. And then you're on your own up in the trees. You do have to complete them in order. So it's level one to five. Uh, one being for kids and five being a challenge all the ones in the middle most people can do um but yeah three hours is the average time most people have to complete them and yeah, yeah three hours <laughs> wow and um, so like there's an obstacle course in the trees or you can do the, like zip lines and the zip lines are are part of the, are part of it yeah uh, there's no only zip lines like you okay. have to do the whole course to enjoy the zip lines that's three hours that's three a, hours. a pretty long it's a good amount of time, time outdoors yeah i'd say you're knackered afterwards it is, it is quite physical for yeah. uh, people that don't do stuff like that often even people that go to the gym come up here and uh, are very tired after because it's one of these weird activities that you're using so much of your body to yeah, keep balance and hold up high yeah for well for three hours like it's it's, it. it's intense. anything's breaking for three hours yeah and yeah. it must be a mental disconnect between oh jesus i'm not on the ground anymore like in their legs there's a wobble that's it is. how high up are we talking so we the biggest course we have goes up 28 meters 26 to 28 mm. um and yeah it's enough to give me the wobblies that's yeah. it a lot of people do get scared on the first course they can do and that goes up to two meters and a half only which is still a good amount off the floor um as someone that never experiences but yeah it's enough to be like if there i'm not attached to something here and yeah yeah that's it hmm. yeah. have you ever done um like indoor bouldering and stuff like that yeah like yeah. uh I, i've done it a couple of times and when you're on up there you're just like not not even maybe yeah but two meters three meters and there's like cushions under you so yeah but even getting up that high and you're just like actually this is a lot higher than i ever thought yeah. it was going to be up this thing. that whole don't look down thing comes in pretty handy when, yeah, you're, yeah. when, you're, when you're trying to get down don't look or don't jump down maybe yeah. most of ours you finish on a zip line so you just uh, end up nice and easy at the floor is. but there's a couple of courses where you have to jump off a height and it is very jarring for people because they don't expect it like we always tell them okay this, this course 
and when you jump off it's really slow it's very easy you don't have to do anything just step off mm. and that's the part they have trouble with like it's just stepping off a platform after spending a whole day trying not stepping off platforms mm. <laughs> but it is very scary and yeah i'm tempted to go up and give it a go yeah uh, it sounds like fun it sounds like Definitely fun come up, come up yeah um yeah it's it's something different actually and i haven't really heard of anybody doing it so um it's not that well known for some reason even though we get loads of customers uh, at least in summer we have every 30 minutes we have an initiation of 15 people yeah. and that goes on from nine in the morning to seven at night in the last initiation so and you have three hours fully booked for even now most of the weekends are fully booked but you talk to a lot of people and they don't know where it is and how to book it or anything mm -hmm. yeah. If you were talking to someone, um, let's just say a, a mate of yours from from Spain, from school or something, gets in contact with you and he or she says, listen, Almo, I'm thinking about moving to Dublin. Yeah. Um, is there anything I should know before I, apart from the obvious about the weather and all that kind of stuff, uh, is there anything I should know before I, before I make the move? Uh, definitely the rent and yeah. figuring out a place to live it's really hard now as we all know like it's definitely a struggle um the weather doesn't bother me that much um i do like the rain and i spend a lot of my time at work in the rain mm -hmm. um but it can be a little bit of a shock that for people that have rain twice a year um but the thing that i think people should be aware of is definitely finding a place is really hard yeah yeah if you have a mate you can stay with them and find a place when you're here it is a lot easier then but still finding a place from abroad is quite difficult i think almost impossible to a almost certain extent impossible. um especially my... with the amount of scams that kind of go along yeah, with yeah. us like yeah there's some bad stuff going on out there at the moment so really the the best recommendation and some people have mentioned this on the podcast already is almost if you can give yourself a month two months my recommendation and this is a real luxury i know uh would be three months to find somewhere that because if you know nothing about dublin you don't know the good areas the bad areas because a lot of the like the better areas in dublin let's say yeah. have really crappy housing yeah. so the quality of the housing isn't good so they might get really cold they're damp they need to be painted they're really um they're like georgian victorian buildings um, that are you know being divided up into like a thousand apartments into yeah. one what used to be an old house i imagine um so even though like it's a nice area doesn't necessarily mean it's a good place to live so you, it's it's kind of confusing in that in that sense you have to be kind of on the ball about yeah, that so i think coming here and speaking to people is probably the best bet. as opposed to like trying to find somewhere from madrid when you don't know anything about it and you're looking at blogs or whatever um I can imagine that, that if you're probably going to end up, unless you get really lucky, you're going to end up with something probably that you don't really want. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, totally agree. It's it's something that you need to kind of be focused on. But once you, if you can get that ticked off the list, I think hundred percent uh, yeah. make the move. It's a great place to live and work, and yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, yeah for the moment anyway. For the moment, yeah. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what How happens. It and the cool thing is that there's a nice, there's a nice energy and like the multiculturalness of it all is. Is quite cool at the moment yeah um so i'm gonna uh, mention this as well um we're in, in a few weeks we're gonna have a, a little event okay um i think i invited you to it uh, before it's it's uh, basically it's it's an event where we're gonna get all the people who've been on the podcast together we're gonna invite some guests on as well 
to come. Uh, it'll get together. It'll be some stand-up comedy, a little bit of music, nice. uh, maybe a little bit of finger food. Um, I won't give the location of the event on it, but if anybody who's listening to the podcast is interested in coming, we, we're thinking about doing this, something like this maybe once per month. At the end of the day, one of the big um, motives to do this podcast is to kind of make people make help people make connections kind of create a not necessarily create a community but um offer a place that people can you know maybe come to an event meet someone and they're like all right do you want to go for a coffee or a beer next week and enable that connection or friendship um through the podcast would be um something that i'd be really um happy to do and i know ross would as well so that's kind of the the reason behind these events um, so it's going to be the 19th of October and um, be brilliant if you can come along and yeah, um, it should be a fun night Very. and if anybody who wants to who's listening to the podcast wants to come you can send us a message on uh, Instagram at a life in Dublin or um, through email we have a, I set up an email today I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a technological genius uh, <laughs> it's, it's a life in Dublin I think at gmail.com a life in Dublin all together at gmail.com um, send us an email and we'll uh, send you the details of the event um, and it should be it should be a lot of fun um, almost it's been so good to, to chat to you and a really interesting background and story uh, thanks so much for being here oh thanks for having me it's been a good few laughs yeah very nice yeah yeah definitely uh, where where can we like if we wanted to follow you on twitch for example where can we uh, you can find me on most platforms at Olmo hurley mm-hmm. uh, o-l-m-o hurley Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly Instagram for photography and Twitch for gaming. Uh, but yeah, that's easy enough to find. Brilliant. Yeah. Ross, any wise words? Sorry, I always put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> Heineken isn't as bad as people think. <laughs> uh, that's my wise words. In, the, In the, the bottle. In the bottle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Nice one. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.